us to Parvis Press. Parvis Press is a, a small but mighty publisher of fantasy and science fiction. We've released four novels to date, and we're going to do about six books in the next 10 months. Are you a new press? We were founded in January of 2016. So this is our third year, and we're at that point where we're pretty confident in, in moving from you know, walking and jogging to, to running. And how was it like uh, launching this venture? It's probably been just about the hardest thing that I've ever tried to do professionally, among the, the hardest things I've ever done personally. But I mean, I think every moment of it has been rewarding. It's been an amazing time. I met some wonderful people, and, and we've accomplished some, some great things in just three years. Is there one piece of advice you'd give another person who's considering launching their own press? Don't. (laughs) (laughs) Find some other way to spend your time because you'll be three years in and and still still clawing at it, man. All right. How did the your first launch go? Was it was it was there any dramatic troubles I came up? You know, so our first launch went relatively easy, which um, which probably wasn't the best thing for us. The first book we released was Vix Vultures by Scott Warren. It's a military science fiction novel, about 70,000 words or so. It's a real quick read. It's a great kind of compelling book. And it was the third book that we read in our submission period. Wow. So we thought, hey, this is this is going to be really easy. Like good books are really out there, and they're easier to find than we thought. <laughs> and that that proved not to be necessarily the case. I mean, there are there are good books out there, but it wasn't nearly as easy as as Scott had led us to believe. Um, and that book has gone on to sell about fifteen thousand copies since it was released. So wow. um, we we were we've been a little spoiled by its success. Nice. Was there any big disaster that's happened? I wouldn't say there have been any real big disasters, right? I mean, we're a small business, so there's just this constant uh, cascade of of small fires that need to be need to be addressed, right? And it's it's um, there are days where I feel like the you know the Dutch boy that's running out of fingers and the and the dike sprouting water, but there's other days where where things are going pretty smooth. So we've had some bad days, but uh, in the end, we're doing pretty well. Is there a story you could tell us about one of the sprouting water coming from the dike? Sure. The kind of challenge that we faced related to a title, and and I don't want to tell stories out of school, but the author, um, R.J. Theodore, has kind of addressed this on her own blog. So her novel, Flotsam, is this steampunk ensemble cast adventure book, and, and it's wonderful. And there is an alien race in the in the book, the Union, and the alien race don't use uh, pronouns the same way that we do, right? So uh, their pronouns are caste-based rather than gender-based. Mm-hmm. Um, so depending on where you are in the hierarchy, you, you get a different, a different pronoun um, based upon your grouping. The captain of the crew of protagonists meets one of these union, is introduced to the concept of the caste-based gendering or, or pronouns, mm-hmm. and... Uh, made the decision to say, well, you know what? This character has voice and seems masculine to me, so I'm just going to think of it as a him. 
and just rejected that whole system of pronouns. And the book was being recorded for audio by Mary Robinette Kowal at the time. Mm. And she's amazing. If you ever have a chance to work with her, please do. Mary was in the studio recording. She was at least halfway through the book. And a reviewer put up a, re- a review for us on, on NetGalley, which is kind of an industry review platform for early reviews, and wrote about how upset they were to see that main character that they trusted and that they were kind of following on this adventure reject someone else's choice for the way that they should be addressed. Wow. And yeah, like frankly, when I read the book, I hadn't even noticed it. And I was a little disappointed in myself for not noticing that. And the author, I called the author, we had a conversation and she said, you know, I'm not, I necessarily didn't agree with that choice when I made it. I thought, was the right thing to do, but it looks like it's not. So she significantly edited 65% of the novel about three weeks before the release. Wow. We had Mary do re-records. It was a massive endeavor to get all of that turned around, to re-copy edit the book. I mean, changing a pronoun for a character that's in every chapter. So it it was... That's a big deal. Wow. Very nice. it was a it was a big thing, but you know, at the in the end, it was the right thing to do, and uh, it's kind of, you know, when we started this whole company, you know, I've I've made the the choice, and I say it to to everybody that works with us all the time. If you give us the choice between making the right choice and the easy choice, the easy choice is always the right choice, right? Whatever's right for the book, whatever's right for the readers. Nice. I love this because uh, you're showing how much you care to create the highest quality fiction you can for for your audience, and then you you guys as a team pull together and re you know had to redo some work. That's a that's a really great story. Thank you for sharing that. I love the passion, the passion of of look. This is important. We're going to get this straightened out, and uh, and and you guys did it. So nice. Yeah, we don't we don't always have the luxury to make changes like that, but but we did. We had a very narrow window in, in which we could we could make those adjustments, and you know everybody agreed to pull together, and it was the right thing. How about your proudest moment? I used to think that this was kind of a BS answer, right? But I am actually, you know, I'm a dad now. I've got, I've got two little kids. It's really hard to choose your favorite. Um, <laughs> so I'll tell you, every time a book releases the night before, I'm a nervous wreck and I don't sleep and I pace around the house and my wife yells at me. And then the book comes out and I'm just stupid excited to, you know, to see the work of all those people from the author to the cover artist to the developmental editor, the line editors, the copy editor, everybody who put all this stuff together comes out. So I think this is going to sound like a nonsense answer, but it really is every single book that comes out. I'm immensely proud of, of all the work that went into putting it together. The biggest achievement that we've had kind of as a business that's been this year. We were signed to a distribution agreement with Baker and Taylor Publisher Services. So we moved from being a digital only press, Lightning Spark and KDP and all that to we have a distributor, we have a national sales force going out there representing our books and that that switch flipped January 1. And wow. um, yeah, it's been, a, it's been huge and nerve wracking and, and awesome all at the same time. Wow, congratulations. However you found sci-fi thoughts, be it iTunes, Stitcher, or any of the other podcast aggregation services, if you've enjoyed the show, go ahead and do us a favor. Go to wherever you get this podcast and leave us 
a review, even clicking a few stars. And this will help out the show in many ways. Harvest Press is spelled P-A-R-V-U-S. And you can find them on the internet or tap, tap, tap on the show notes. Next episode, we hear more from Colin Coyle, publisher and president of Parvus Press. How many people does it take to produce a book? <laughs>